You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a special post-game edition of the podcast as we look back on BYU's blowout 52-14 victory over Texas State. The Cougars are 6-0 for the first time since 2008. What to make of tonight's win. Also looking back at what we took away from the game with your guys' thoughts on the podcast as well. So a lot to get to on a special edition of the show. And let's get to it. Here it is, beginning right now. of those legs that speed throws across his body what a pass for the touchdown marcel barbie my goodness powerful run to the goal line and in we'll see if the play stands offside number eight defense lined up into the neutral zone that penalty is declined touchdown byu so we have our answer and byu has its answer that touchdown stands and the cougars are an extra point away from tying this game up they are going for it on fourth and three a little sprint left and then the throw down the field he's got his man open caught for a touchdown what a nice play design the redshirt freshman keanu hill with the touchdown catch milne in motion handoff algier nice cut to the end zone touchdown 11th play of the drive play fake wilson over the top and caught touchdown isaac rex the tight end byu gets lined up as fast as they can for wilson going deep wilson toward the end zone and it is caught milne touchdown Take a bow. Oh, my goodness. Wilson shuffles and right to the goal line. It's caught. Yes. Touchdown, Isaac Rex. And they're faking the punt. Good grief. The fake punt up 49-14. Look at him go. He takes a big hit at the end of it. Ryan Rako showed some wheels. Yeah, that, that's that's not cool. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And what you just heard right there are some of the highlights from last night's game as BYU just dump trucked the Texas State Bobcats. 52-14. to You're most of the touchdowns there in the game, and it was an absolutely marvelous performance for the BYU football program. I don't care that the Cougars are playing a team that was 1-5 coming in here. All you can do as a football program, speaking of BYU right now, is beat the teams that are put in front of you. Texas State just happened to be the latest one for BYU on their schedule. But more importantly, the Cougars now 6-0 and on the season. This is the first time since 2008 the Cougars have been this have been this deep into a season that have been undefeated. Before that, 2001 and 1996 or the previous other seasons. If you want to go back and look at BYU starting off a season 6-0. and So some pretty good teams have started the season as well as this one, and hopefully it doesn't stop anytime soon. I think my initial takeaway from this game, folks, is that BYU, this is a good team. 
I'm going to stick with that. I, I believe this is a team that is poised to do some special things this year. And obviously, there's still a ways to go. BYU has a game next week against Western Kentucky. Then they have the showdown at Boise State, which most people believe will be the true test on the schedule for the Cougars. And personally, I'm looking forward to finally seeing those two teams square off. Boise State uh, ran roughshod over Utah State in the season opener yesterday for both teams in Mountain West Conference play. And I think that BYU is going to set themselves up nicely for a road trip up there to Boise. Tonight's game, or yesterday night's game, last, last night, whatever, I'm struggling. I'm recording this way late at night, but apologies for that. But BYU, coming away from this game, I think my big takeaway is, guys, Zach Wilson is just on another level right now. Holy smokes. He is lights out. I don't think there's been a throw more impressive to me. And he's had a lot of impressive throws this year. Don't get me wrong. And there are probably plenty more that are coming this year. But the most impressive throw I have seen from Zach Wilson, maybe of his entire career, happened to be that 45-yard touchdown bomb to Dax Milne just before halftime. What a throw. He's off balance. He's got a defender in his face. He's clear across the field. He's near the numbers on one side of the field. He throws a clear across the field outside the hash to Dax Milne right at the goal line and puts it on a dime. And there you go. Dax Milne, of course, falls in the end zone touchdown, gets up and does the bow. That throw, folks, was utterly marvelous. Holy smokes. You heard it on the highlights we played coming in here. I don't know if I can say much more than that. If and when Zach Wilson is drafted in the NFL, folks, it's a matter of when, not if. I should be clear about that. Maybe even as soon as next April. That throw, that play right there, is going to be featured prominently in every highlight video that Zach Wilson has out there in terms of his pre-draft workouts, etc. That was a legendary throw. Holy smokes. I just, I can't get over how great it was. I was very impressed with Zach Wilson's night. He was done midway through the third quarter. Finished the game with pretty pedestrian numbers compared to what we have seen from him previously this year. Completed 19 of 25 passes, 287 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, Very impressive outing for him. He also caught a pass as well as carrying the ball four times. So just overall, another great night for Zach Wilson and I thought it was extremely, extremely impressive in this one, folks. And just, I think that throw, that 45-yard touchdown bomb, and I saw some people out there, by the way, just as an aside real quick, saying it was a 60-yard pass in the air. 61, 62, 63 yards. I don't care what it was. If it's 65, 67, or even 70 yards in the air, that type of throw off balance with a defender in your face, to do that shows you have an absolute cannon for an arm. We're talking some of the strongest arms in football today couldn't make that throw, and Zach Wilson made it. Just an incredible amount of skill from this young man. He is throwing darts out there, and it's just impressive to watch. Another thing from tonight's game, BYU completing passes to 14 different players. Pretty impressive to see the Cougars spreading the wealth around, as Greg Rebell tweeted out. From the game, Ralph Sokolowski, his longtime stats man, said BYU's unofficial record is 13 players catching a pass. So I guess an unofficial record set last night. Uh, Zach Wilson also became the career uh, passing, uh, what we talk about, completion percentage leader, excuse me, with uh, passing Steve Sarkeesian. He's sitting at 67.2% for his career. We're seeing a legendary career unfold before our eyes, BYU fans. And if you're not going to enjoy it, I don't know what to tell you. 
Obviously, that final highlight there was the fake punt late in this game. Up big, BYU runs a fake punt and got roasted on social media pretty good for it. A lot of national accounts picking it up. But to be honest with you, it's a look that exactly what Ryan Rico has been taught to look for in that rugby punt formation, and he took off. He'll obviously probably learn from this. Kalani will coach him up and say, you know what, in that time uh, of a game when we're up big, don't do that. I understand you saw the look you've been taught to take and run with, but we just can't do it in that scenario. This is a young man who's competitive, saw an opening, and rumbled 49 yards before a Texas State defender really bothered to, to tackle him. It was a pretty, pretty cool play, but I understand that people upset about it. Rod Gilmore, on the other hand, Rod Gilmore can get stuffed. That's just my personal opinion. I can't stand that dude as an announcer. And I know that the media is not supposed to speak ill of other media, but dude, really? Well, they're not going to throw the flag for that obvious pass interference because it's just the game. It's out of control. But wow, what a what a classless move for you guys to go out there and, and try and run up the score with a fake punt. You can't ha- eat your cake and have it too, or whatever that expression is, Rod. Holy smokes, dude. ESPN needs to take him off any BYU games. That's how he's going to act. That was just bizarre, weird, dumb, over the top, and frankly undeserved. But you know what? I've come to expect nothing less from a guy like that. He's pretty sanctimonious about certain things in football. And I know many of you uh, reached out and said, why does this guy still have a job? I couldn't tell you, folks. He's cashing checks. But Man, I I probably shouldn't get this worked up about that, but I went back and listened to it because obviously I was covering the game live. I went back and listened to what he said, and I'm like, really, bro? That's what you're going to be upset about after there was an obvious missed pass interference earlier on, just a couple plays before that. Well, it's no big deal. It's just the it's kind of the part of the game, and it's out of control. The, the BYU's up big, so they're not going to call it. Well, either it's a penalty or it's not, sir. Call it or don't. Uh, don't you can't pick and choose where you get all up in your feelings about it, Rod Gilmore. Anyways, let's move on from that. A couple other thoughts for you guys. Really like seeing some of the new guys out there on the field for the first time and extended action. Hank Tui Pelotu. Good to see him finally back on the field for BYU or actually be on the field, period, after back-to-back knee injuries uh, curtailed his first two seasons in a BYU uniform. Nice catch for him in the first half there. Good to see Cicione Finau getting his first action since last November after the ACL injury. He looked fairly good making moves in the open field. I expect to see more of a workload for him moving forward for the Cougars. And I think overall, a great night if you're a BYU fan. I came away from it with very impressed. I guess the one thing, if you want to be a little upset about it, BYU got zero sacks in this game. They're now stuck at 16 through six games. Still one off of what they finished with a year ago. So... All things considered, BYU doing very well in that department. On defense, Max Tooley, I was very impressed by that young man. He had seven total tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, as well as a quarterback hurry. And then Isaiah Kafusi. what else can you say? The fact that he had a pick six and he just weaved his way through all those Texas State offensive players and houses it. He was not going to be denied. He said after the game, I had a premonition or kind of a feeling I was going to do it this week, and good for him. He made good on his bet on himself, and Isaiah Kafusi having a fantastic season 
as a senior and good to see him out there playing well. So there you go. Some of my takeaways from the game. Of course, I'll rewatch it and get back with you guys on Monday with what I took away after rewatching the game. Cause I usually go back and watch the tape, see what I take away from it a second time of seeing it after seeing it live the first time. But coming up next, we're gonna get to your guys' thoughts. What did you guys take away from this game? I asked for you guys for that reaction on social media. We'll get to it here in just a moment. A quick reminder for you guys, though, to make sure you follow this show. Make sure to rate it and review it. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, the vast majority of, our, of you are doing that. Give us a five-star rating as well as a sentence or two which you like about the show. Leave us a comment. It really helps us build this audience. And the best part about it, I'm rewarding you guys. I've done this twice already this year. I've got some BYU Nike paraphernalia, Nike gear that I'm happy to part with and send it your guys' way. It's all new stuff. It's not new stuff. Trust me. It's all new gear. i happy to send it over to you guys. But what you guys need to do is leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts as well as a sentence or two which you like about the show. If you do that, we'll do a drawing here in the next little bit and Hopefully, you guys will be the winner, the lucky winner, who wins some BYU Nike gear. So leave us that rating and review and let us know what you like about the show, and we'll take care of you right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, enough of my blathering on here on this post-game edition. Let's get your guys' thoughts on the game. We'll start off here. Jamison Coons at GoCougs33, a longtime listener, says it's official. Zach Wilson is the real deal. The offensive line showed up. Dax Milne and Zach Wilson are the best duo, I'm guessing, of quarterback and wide receiver. You're not wrong, Jamison. It was good to see Zach Wilson showing out. I talked about that just a minute ago. The offensive line did really show up. It was good to see them. A lot of different combinations, a lot of starting caliber guys now healthy for BYU. And it was good to see them out there. They had a good night running the ball for 200-plus yards. A lot of good protection for Zach Wilson as he just kind of threw those darts up and down the field. It was a good night for the Cougars. Next, Nelson Lloyd won. Uh, He reached out and said, if Zach Wilson goes to the NFL next year, we'll probably still bring back the same offense and Bushman next year. Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall will have some serious weapons to work with. You're not wrong about the weapons, Nelson. I can tell you this much. If Matt Bushman comes back to BYU next year, um, I'll eat my hat. He is going to leave. He's training for the NFL right now. He has every intention of pursuing a professional career. His days as a Cougar are over. And if he does come back to BYU... I'm going to look for improper benefits for him to come back, honestly. There's no reason for him to come back. He needs to try and get some money. Obviously, I know a lot of people are thinking, well, if he comes back and proves himself, guys, he's a return missionary. He's getting too old. There have been certain players who have come out of BYU the last couple of years who I've been told the reason why they did not make the NFL is their age. They were X'd off of team list because they were 24, 25 years old, and you're done. There are certain positions that teams will not take guys who are too old for the position in their mind. And it's kind of a it's a crappy situation to find yourself in. So for all intents and purposes, Nelson, I understand what you're saying. And there will be weapons for guys to work with if Zach does leave. Matt Bushman will not be one of those weapons. I can tell you that much. All right, next comment. Tyler Bergen, our good friend at Yahoo Bugster on Twitter. Overall, a great game with things still to work on. The defense makes great adjustments but still can't begin games down a touchdown against good teams. Texas State is fine, but Boise and San Diego State will make you pay. Although the adjustments have been solid. 
You're not wrong about that, Tyler. And obviously, BYU would like to have a better start on defense. I do think Texas State in particular, the weird formations they were running, that was stuff I had not seen on film from them. So that was a tip of the cap to them. BYU adjusted to it well, like you said. But yes, I think going into the Boise State game, uh, San Diego State, etc., whatever else might end up on the schedule, You'd like to see a better start on defense, but I think, honestly, that first drive, I think, is more of the exception rather than the rule, but I understand there's been other games this year where BYU has given up a first play or a first drive touchdown, and that is concerning. I think that they'll work on that, but the simple fact of the matter is is teams come out, they've already scouted out BYU, and they know how to attack them, and it takes a minute. It's kind of a chess match. You start a game... That Texas State team went right down the field and scored. So be it. Guess what? BYU, I think, gave up uh, 71 yards through most of the rest of the game until they had that touchdown drive that they drove 90-plus yards on BYU with the second-string defense in. Pretty stellar defensive outing, all things considered. Other things here, Troy at Freedom for Troy. My take right now is, unfortunately, we have a pretty big drop-off with the second-team defense. Texas State just drove nearly the entire field with not much resistance. That is a concern. You're right. It'd be nice to see the second-team defense kind of live up to the billing that the first-team defense has built so far this year. But there's a reason why these guys are second-stringers. Let's be real, folks. It was a first-string offense against a second-string defense. You'd like to see more, I guess, resistance, as you as you termed it there, Troy, for BYU on defense with that second string unit. But this is why they played in these games. They need to understand game time action going up against the top shelf. Or, okay, top shelf is probably a stretch, but a, a first string offense from an opponent. It's good experience for those guys, and I think they'll be better for it. So hopefully they do better moving forward. Uh, LeBong James says, glad the punter took it, talking about the fake punt. Used an expletive. I said, bleep being respectful. BYU is one way to get in the playoffs. Dominating every game. You're not wrong there. You got to put some style points up there. I, I enjoyed the play. It was cool to see a punter who's six foot five, 240 pounds, like Ryan Rico, just trucking up the sideline. And by the way, Texas State, what in the hell are you guys doing? Are you guys going to go out and tackle somebody? You let a punter go 50 yards on you. He's the second leading rusher after one carry. Uh, if you're Texas State, I'd be more embarrassed about the fact to let that guy do that and move up and down the field on them. But hey, so be it. A couple other ones coming in here. Ethan Sawyer at Ethan and Sohn on Twitter. While BYU is running back by committee with tougher teams in Boise and SDSU, will BYU be challenged to run the ball more? And if so, can we be successful? I think the games that BYU has shown so far, they went for 220-plus yards tonight, folks. It was a good showing for BYU running the ball. I have no doubt that BYU can run the ball. The biggest issue is obviously the short down, short yardage situations they showed against Houston. A stellar front seven like Houston stonewalled BYU. Can the Cougars figure it out? Hopefully they will get that worked out, but it's all until they show it again that BYU can't really prove it until they're out there in that scenario. So, I think that they can, Ethan, but it's still going to take some time for them to go out and actually prove it to everybody. A couple other ones here. Uh, Riley Coons, at Riley Coons. Uh, Fessy Satake and Steve Clark need more credit. I remember feeling a few years ago that our receivers seemed so much more less athletic and dynamic than everyone else. feels like those position groups have come a long way. You got a good point there. It's good to see the wide receivers stepping up in the absence of a guy like Matt Bushman this year. The tight ends, for their credit, Done extremely well. Isaac Rex, two touchdown catches tonight or last night. Very, very impressive to see him go out there and have the game he's had. Uh, in post game last night, it was pointed out that he already has three career touchdowns. His dad, 
uh, speaking of Isaac, Byron Rex only has seven career touchdowns from his BYU career. So Isaac already on track to pass his dad's tally as a redshirt freshman. Uh, Jimmy Chesh, uh, plenty of adjustments. I still don't like how Tuyaki's defense starts games. They've also given up three 90-plus yard touchdown drives in the past two games. Have to clean things up like that or a team like Boise State can end all of this hype. You're not wrong there, Jimmy. BYU's got to stay on top of it. And obviously, I think this coaching staff, that's something they can use to harp on with these guys. There's a lot of good that happens in these games that players are going to feel fat and happy about. And the UTSA game, I think, was BYU's wake-up call that, you know what, you can be fat and happy, but you still got to get to work and handle things the right way. But you're right. They do need to get a lid on stopping these 90-plus yard touchdown drives. I think that they'll work on that. I think most of those drives, at least the one in last night's game, was against the second-string defense, going back to what I said a little bit earlier. These guys need to have this game action and experience that in real time to work it out. A couple other ones. Matthew Detweiler, another longtime friend of the show. This team was once again dominant, and there is no need to rush anyone back into the lineup next week. I wouldn't even consider playing Empey or Romney till Boise State. I'll tell you what, Matthew, it wouldn't surprise me to see both or either one of those guys sit out next week's game. You're right, going into the Boise game. Uh, guys like Tyler Batty, Keenan Peely, and Shimon Willis in tonight's game or last night's game, whenever you hear this, uh, they are guys who were not necessarily considered long-term injuries, but they're being very cautious, obviously, ahead of the Boise State game. The Cougars' goal, speaking of BYU, is to go into the Boise State game as full strength as it possibly can be and give everything they can give to that Boise State game. Uh, a couple other thoughts here. Daniel Haslam at Dan Haslam. Love the quick response after the first score by Texas State. Quickly gained momentum back. You're not wrong there, Daniel. BYU was very impressive in that regard, and it was good to see them yeah, bounce back and say, you know what, we're going to go out and handle our business. And it's, you just... You knew that BYU was a better team than Texas State. It was very apparent very early on in this game. I spent the second half having fun plain and simple it was just kind of crazy how uh, boring it got in the second half but that's what happens in blowouts BYU got a quarter and a half of action for their backups that's valuable game experience but it's one of those things you go into these games thinking okay how soon can BYU lift their starters and they got them out as soon as they possibly could and that's a positive in that regard couple other things here. Kevin Rapball30 at Kev says, BYU gives up a lot of yards and points in the first drive of games. I know it's that they are adjusting to the offense, but it's something they can't afford to do against good teams. Sensing a theme here, folks. Overall, a good team win despite getting everyone on the roster involved. Yeah, you did a good job with that. There are a lot of guys getting involved on the offensive and defensive side of things, but there are things to be cleaned up. There's no doubt about that. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Cougars going into Western Kentucky, by the way, Western Kentucky barely beating FCS level Charleston. Yeah, I'm expecting another blowout next week. I'm not going to lie. All right, we'll get to some more thoughts, wrap it up on this podcast, a special post-game edition of the show here in just a moment. Uh, Before we do that, though, please make sure that you guys are making sure you follow this show wherever you can be found, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search out the show Locked on Cougars there. Hit that follow or subscribe button if you're listening to us on your podcatcher of choice and you haven't done so already. We want to be part of your guys' routine every day. I get that all of our routines have been messed up by 2020. Well, you know what? This is a time to start a new routine and involve BYU and Locked On Cougars in your daily routine. So make sure to follow the show. That way you stay up to date with everything going on with the Cougars. And a big thank you once again for your continued support of us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. 
All right, as we round out today's show, a couple more responses for you guys on social media. We're sensing some themes, aren't we, here? Some of the comments running together. But our good friend Nate Slack reaching out says, Coaches always talk about wanting young guys to play garbage time to gain experience so they can progress. I'm wondering how running the ball in the final three to four drives, not letting guys like Cody Epps, Chris Jackson, etc. make plays to get open and catch balls can be beneficial to their growth. There's a big argument to be made there, Nate. There's no doubt about that. Because when you just run the ball, great. The offensive line's getting worked. The running backs are getting worked. But the wide receivers are out there like, really? We got to block again? This is not fun. It was good to see a guy like Baylor Romney get an opportunity to uncork a deep one to Chris Jackson in the Texas State game. Uh, It was pass interference. There's no doubt about that. We already discussed that a little bit earlier on. But it was good to see him take some shots. But you're right. In the final stanza, when you're just going to run the ball every down, why not bring in extra offensive linemen and just do that? Because these wide receivers, you're right. They're not getting a ton of work. They do need to work on their blocking. That's clear about that. But stock blocking downfield is a little different than blocking as an offensive lineman. A couple other ones for you guys. Uh, uh, Johnny Benson at SLC1B says, I low-key think Rico's fake punt was a retribution for roughing the kicker penalty earlier in the game. Says, don't mess with kickers. And then he follows it up with a little thing. I don't actually think this. Pretty funny, though, all the same, Johnny. Good one there. A couple other ones. Uh, Mason Wake fan account at BYU Pros. How important is winning big for BYU right now? I feel like they're taking the foot off the... Ge- excuse me. I feel like they're taking the foot off of the pedal too soon. Uh, there is something to be argued for that. You could play till the fourth quarter and, like you said, keep that pedal down if you wanted to. It would be fun to see BYU put up like a 70 spot. Sure, it'd be great. But Kalani... He is a well-respected coach in the coaching profession. I can tell you this much is his peers have a lot of respect for him and doing what he's doing where he gets up big and then he just kind of sits on it. There's nothing you can do about that. If your second string and third string units are going to go out and score on people, you know what? The opposing coach, if you're going to be pissed about that, be pissed at your own players for giving up. BYU plays hard. They play hard for this coaching staff. They play hard for Kalani Sitake. When he pulls out the ones, obviously he's calling off the dogs. But at that point, if your quote-unquote first stringers can't hold back BYU's second and third stringers, that ain't BYU's problem. That's a you problem. So, yeah, there's an argument to be made there. BYU could probably put a few more style points up there. But I think Kalani's handled it the right way. You put up 50 points, and you held this team to 14 points. They had a touchdown on the first drive, and they're, what, the second to last drive of the game they had a touchdown. Pretty dominant outing, all things considered. Uh, Nick Chadwick, first defensive possession, we seem to get gashed a lot. Most teams won't matter this year, but we can't have them against Boise, San Diego State, and a potential bowl game. Lack of pregame preparation, effort, what are your thoughts? Here's the thing. As I said just a minute ago, it is a matter of BYU understanding the scheme coming in. Texas State threw something at them that they weren't ready for, and it caught BYU off guard. It happens, and they adjusted well to it. So, yes, you'd like to clean that up. There's no doubt about it. But BYU, I think this defense has proven this year that they're pretty adaptable, and once they get the swing of things, they're off and rolling. Our good friend Joe Wheat, I am now firmly on that bandwagon, that train here with BYU hype train conductor Joe Wheat. He says, how does one stop this BYU offense? You double mill and Romney eats. You cover both of them. The tight ends go nuts. You sell out to stop the pass. BYU runs it down your throats. This is so much fun. 
You're not kidding about that, Joe. This BYU offense is a pick-your-poison. You want to stop the run like uh, Houston did a week ago? Yeah, Zach Wilson tried 400 yards and, what, four touchdowns. Tonight, BYU just did essentially whatever they wanted. The first game of the year against Navy, BYU runs for 300 yards. Looks like the team that's the option team, just, just gashing teams, running the ball. Really fun to see that happening. All right, and then our final two thoughts here. I think we've got a, yeah, two more here. Uh, Kevin at Kev Ratball Thirty. BYU gives us a lot of yards and points on the first drives of the game. I know it's that they are adjusting to the offense, but it's something they can't afford against good teams. Overall, a good team win, getting everyone on the roster involved. Okay, we've already talked about the fact that BYU gives the first drive touchdown. I get that. But the more important point I think took away from your thing, Kev, is that the overall good team when getting a lot of guys on the roster involved. It was a nice night to empty the roster and let guys get out there. We were seeing walk-ons playing the final stands of this game. It's always fun to see those guys finally get rewards for all the hard work they do on the scout team, etc. It was a good night for that. And then our final thought will go to BYU Foam Finger. I love this account, by the way. Awesome job by BYU, Tom Holman, all the staff that went through the hard work to allow fans to safely attend tonight. It was different. I've never gone to the bathroom, bought a Cougar Tell, and an item at the BYU store all by myself, but it was nice to be at home. And he sent a picture of his vantage point from the game. You're not kidding. It was so much fun as a media member to actually have fans in the stands cheering, folks. The canned fan noise they had pumped in for the first few games at home for BYU this year, it just wasn't cutting it. So credit to all 6,500 of you. That was the official tally. is just over 6,500 fans at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It was good to hear you guys in full throat, making noise, having some fun, cheering on the Cougars. Here's hoping they double that number next week. Maybe it's 12,000. And I'm hoping by the end of the year, maybe that December 12th game, why not pack the place? Why not have 30-plus thousand people there? It would be fun to have that. But I'm hoping that BYU sees, you know what? It's good to have fans at home. And like you also said, BYU Foam Finger, tip your cap to Tom Homo, the BYU administration. Good to see them finally get through and get to have fans in the stands. It was a ton of fun. And here's hoping that more and more fans will be able to attend a game at the Ed later this year. All right, that's going to do it. Big thank you once again for your guys' support of the podcast. As always, we will be back Monday morning, bright and early, with a recap of what I took away after rewatching the film. Where does BYU up in the, end up in the national polls? I think they probably stick around that number 12 mark in the AP poll myself, but who knows? Maybe they move up to closer to number 10, maybe inside the top 10. Just to wait and see. We'll have all that covered for you on Monday's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for joining us each and every day. Have a great rest of your night slash day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for October 25th, 2020.